Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now, your host, Bela Sebraff on The Definitive Rap. Hello, and welcome to The Definitive Rap. I am Bela Sebrow. We thank Venus for hosting our show. We sometimes have guests on the show as they are in the midst of a campaign, and it's always interesting to hear about what they propose and their mission when they make it to office. Folks, today we have a winner. Republican Ari Brown declared victory over Democrat David Lobel as a state assemblyman succeeding Melissa Miller. Ari won 4,667 votes in this special election to Lobel's 2,413. Who is Ari Brown? He is results-oriented. He's a results-oriented leader who meets challenges with sound and sensible solutions. And he has a proven record of public service accomplishments and private sector efficiency. Ari has been the deputy mayor of Cedarhurst Village since 2019 and has been a village trustee since 2001. At the same time, Ari Brown runs a successful real estate and construction company. Combining his private sector background and his governmental expertise, Eric, Ari, uh, Ari Brown is uniquely prepared and qualified to serve as the next assemblyman for the 20th district, which she is. Indeed, that is why he has, gained, he has gained and garnered the endorsement of Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, former Assemblyman Missy Miller, Cedarhurst Mayor Ben Weinstock, Lawrence Mayor Alex Edelman, Atlantic Beach Mayor George Pappas, uh, Island um, Park Mayor Mike McKinty, East Rockaway Mayor Bruno Romano, Nassau legislators Denise Ford and Howard Capel, as well as a host of other trusted leaders from our community. Arby Brown has earned the respect of colleagues and won the trust of neighbors through hard work and his fortified approach to municipal government. Indeed, Ari's work as a board member with Cedarhurst Business Improvement District has been integral to reducing the downtown vacancy rate from 20% to 2%. Parks, beautification, roadway improvements, and excellent services have become hallmarks of a village government to which Ari has dedicated himself. What's more, Ari Brown has worked hard to control governmental costs for the benefit of taxpayers. Looking toward, looking toward the capital in Albany, and very much looking forward to it, as we all are, Ari Brown knows that something has to be done to stop the radical agenda that is threatening our very way of life in Long Island. Ari is going to be working to repeal cashless bail that have freed killers, drug dealers, and gang members. He will also fight to cut gas taxes, and reverse the $1 billion commuter tax that will slam every driver entering Manhattan. The, the assemblyman will also stand up against the governor's plan to eliminate single-family home zoning in New York State. Ari will work to pass legislation that will remove district attorneys who refuse to prosecute dangerous accused criminals. And a little, uh, little bio uh, personal bio. Um, Ari Brown is 54, uh, doesn't look it, is a proud father of seven, grandfather of two, and is committed to protecting taxpayers and keeping neighbors safe. 
as our assemblyman. He grew up in Franklin Square before he moved to Cedarhurst with his family in 1991. Ari, congratulations on your victory. And it gives me tremendous honor to welcome you to the Definitive Rap. Thank you, Bailey. I'm honored to be on your show. So now that you won, and yay, let's talk about some of the issues. You clearly garnered a heck of a lot of endorsements. How did you reduce the downtown vacancy rate in Cedarhurst from 20% to 2%. I'm curious because I used to see empty storefronts. And so I've always taken a very a hands-on approach to everything. Like I proudly always say, I'm a blue collar guy. I swing a hammer for a living. I was proud to work with my father for almost 40 years. I'm the, even though I've been in office or different capacities for the village for nearly 25 years, I'm, I'm just a hands-on guy. I'm the non-politician. I get very much involved. Uh, many years ago in 1998, Mayor Andrew Parisi, may rest in peace, appointed me to the Business Improvement District of Cedarhurst. I own property there as a business owner. He put me on a number of boards. And I loved my business community so much, I stayed with it, as opposed to passing it down from generation to generation. I have 280 some odd stores. There's a love between myself and my merchants. They're my friends. I had 20% vacancies I worked with, at the time, national chains. Now they're not national chains, but the individual merchants. I'm the chairman of Architecture Review, which means I look at every sign, every awning, every flower that goes into the village and the business district, and we work together. We have a wonderful relationship between my board, the mayor, the entire, all the trustees, and the business community. We put together uh, street fairs and uh, sidewalk sales and midnight madnesses where tens of thousands of people come. Listen, it's a credit to my board, the past mayor, the current mayor, that we do have the lowest taxes in the county. People come to the village of Cedars because of the value living here and also the value shopping in our downtown. Um, there's, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my merchants or my residents, as well as they, the same for me. Every one of them called me, Ari, can we put a sign in our window for your campaign? Oh, yeah, it was all over the place. I mean, I live in the community. It was all over. I mean, I I couldn't pass by even private homes had it uh, had the signs out there. Yeah, we're a village family. That's what it's about. And if we keep it that way and recognize it's not about me, it's about everybody. We'll get something done. Once people become these politicians with their egos and and want to be in pictures and all this kind of thing, nothing, nothing goes right with that. You got to keep your head down, work hard for your community. Wow. Ari, as we know, uh, no one is safe anywhere these days. And that's just a fact of life that, you know, we just have to learn to live with. Would you say that Long Island is relatively safe as opposed to the five boroughs? And I'll tell you the reason I'm asking. I'm asking because um, you will work to repeal cashless bail laws that have freed killers, drug dealers, and gang members, and pass legislation that will remove district attorneys who refuse to rep- uh, prosecute dangerous accused criminals, as I mentioned earlier. So what's going on in Long Island that you, you feel the need to do this? Okay, so, so there's a lot of layers to that. So your first question was, do we feel safer on Long Island than the city? It is. We have a, an incredible uh, the Nassau County Police Department, then Suffolk County Police Department, but Nassau in particular is led by a commissioner, Pat Ryder. This is the most amazing guy. He'll always pick up the phone for, for everyone. He's always there. He's a very hands-on type of commissioner, unlike none I've ever seen before. Uh, crime is at an all-time low on Long Island due to the measures that he's put in place. That being said, 
on a local level, we have what people like to call petty crimes, but they're quality of life crimes, car break-ins and packages being stolen from the front of uh, people's homes. This isn't the way to live. Uh, we're very close to the city here in Cedarhurst. So, you know, we hear about the crimes and, and what goes on there as well. And my daughter works in Manhattan. She's been home on Zoom since uh, COVID. But nevertheless, I have friends who terrified to go into the city. Look, look what happened yesterday oh uh, in, the, in the subway. So yeah, that's why I said uh, no one is safe anywhere anymore. I have seven kids and two grandchildren. I worry about my family. I worry about my friends. Uh, right. It's, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Yesterday, uh, Brian Benjamin, that, uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank, the uh, lieutenant governor uh, was arrested for a mul- yeah. multiple different reasons. The governor spoke about that slightly, somewhat defending him for her bad choice. Uh, she, everybody knew he was on the take beforehand. Uh, but she also made a statement about what happened in the subway. I'm going to fight crime. I'm going to use all the resources. She can't even fight the crimes that are happening in, in her own house. She's going to fight the crimes uh, that, that are happening around us. This governor has done absolutely nothing except talk. If she wants to do something, get rid of this crazy cashless bail. Now, the truth is, even if she wanted to, uh, the wackiness, and that's really what it is, what happens in the assembly on the Democrat right. side, you know, they'll literally tell you now we want to make uh, the assembly and New York as socialist as possible. The only way to get rid, and this is really what my campaign is about, was, was about, is to get rid of all of the Democrats, as many as possible. We have a red wave in front of us. Uh, like no other, no Republican has ever taken Long Beach. I took Long Beach. It's like 90% wonderful people, but they're Democrats. Right. Why would they vote Republican? Uh, we have Lee Although, you, uh, there were Democrats who voted for you. No, that, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I took Long Beach because the Democrats did vote for me. Yeah. It's never happened before. Right. To this degree. And wonderful, wonderful people. I mean, in Long Beach, I really enjoyed being there and meeting so many. Uh, we, we have Anthony D'Esposito who's running for Congress. He will win and crush uh, his, his opponent, whoever that may be. And, and Lee Zeldin will take the governorship. We need this. My, my agenda, yes, is based on crime. But the first thing is getting Republicans into office and taking control of all of the houses. Even if we can't take the full assembly, we'll get rid of the supermajority. And then we'll start being able to make changes. Will I work across the aisle? I'll work across the aisle. But when you hear people say that, you know, they want to make America as socialist as possible, how do you work with people that truly hate our country? There's a lot of politics going on in Rockwell Center uh, with lots of commentaries going back and forth. And I have to tell you that my cell phone has been burning up with all these pinging noises, because as you well know, um, everyone has something to say. and Everyone has an opinion to offer from regular citizens to politicians. You're very rational. You're a very rational, clear-headed, level-headed person. Uh, can you please share with our audience the background of this fiasco and where we are now as it relates to this issue? Right. So, uh, again, there was a village board meeting. Uh, one of the residents got up and made some commentary that she's concerned that the character of the village is going to change as what has, had happened in the five towns. Um, I teach uh, zoning uh, to law firms, and zoning is my uh, something that I have a passion for. 
As a matter of fact, one of my sons was in law school. I said, only do zoning in real estate. It's just an easy, not less stressful end of law. But why do I mention that? I always tell people if they go for a zoning case, the first thing you have to do is knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Make them feel part of it. That's something that whoever's coming into town, where it's a shul or school or church, you, you know, ingratiate yourself to the neighbors. That being said, even if someone doesn't do that, that doesn't allow someone to get up and say, I don't want this kind of organization or people to be here. Uh, the issue, and listen, everybody's entitled to say and express their feelings. That's what makes America great. Problem is the village board didn't immediately say two things. The first thing they should have said was constitutionally, it's more or less written on the Liberty Bell. And that comes from a Pusik in Vayikra uh, that t- talks about where people can live and their rights, uh, freedom uh, and things like that. Uh, but the board should have set, got up and said, listen, constitutionally, a school, a shul, a church cannot be restricted in any zone. It can go anywhere. There's no variance for that. There's no approval needed for that. There are approvals for the structure, you know, uh, as far as health and safety and parking and things like that. You have to be in compliance, but you can't restrict the use. They should have gotten up and that would have been the end of it. Uh, They can't create a zone no matter what they think they can do. But unfortunately, the village attorney wasn't there and certain things were misstated. I will tell you, it's a wonderful village board. I happen to know the mayor and I happen to know the mayor's father, uh, all very nice men. Mistakes were made. Um, I, I always take, a, like I said, a hands-on approach. Uh, most rabbis and people and uh, people like to write notes and they like to scream from the rooftops, but what does that do? You can take some action. So I, I called up the mayor and I called up the two local rabbis and I said, let's sit down. We sat down yesterday. What, what's the point of writing a letter? And, and I think there'll be oh, a Oh, there resolution. were lots of letters going around. So what does a letter do? People love to talk and talk. I don't like to talk. I don't like to be in pictures. The letters are shared all over, all over social media. And and all it does is pour gasoline on the fire. Of course. Of course. Sit down like ladies and gentlemen is what what we did yesterday morning. And I believe we worked something out. And I say work something out. Everybody got along beautifully. There never is any anti-Semitism between one group or the other. Uh, Just how things were expressed. Uh, we're, we're, we're misstated. Uh, I believe at some point today, uh, there'll be a joint letter going out uh, to the communities at large, express, showing uh, the mutual r- respect and love for one another. And it really is. Like I said, Rockville Sands is a great community. I have so many friends there. It's physically beautiful and really made up of really nice people. Right. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, there are lots of opinions and commentaries going around um, where some people say it's anti-Semitism and other people say, well, no, because people want to, you know, want want to want to be clannish and live amongst, you know, those that they are friendly with. What is your opinion? Do you do you feel that that this is anti-Semitic or do you think it's just because, you know, people want to live amongst those that they know and they're comfortable with and and. You know, there are people who don't like changes. Change is scary. So what do you think is really going on? I'm a good person to ask this question because unlike most people who've been raised, uh, you know, in Brooklyn and Queens and trekked over to Long Island, I'm a Long Island boy. I'm half Italian. My mother and grandmother are Italian Jewish. I didn't grow up religious as a kid, became religious later on. So I know all the perspectives of how this is. Most people, when they have a, car, a strange car parking in front of their house, get upset. They don't yeah. like change. Yeah, they don't. Like yeah, they'll call the police because they see a car. I mean, it's it's right. very common. 
Or if they see someone they don't know walking on their on their block, like what is this person doing there? I mean, you know, people can walk wherever they want to walk unless they're not threatening anyone. So people live in fear of change. And I understand that when I moved to Cedarhurst almost 31 years ago, it was very different than it is today. How do you, what were the changes? How have you seen the changes um, evolve over the years? I believe a big degree of suburbia has left our community because we had an influx of people from Brooklyn and Queens and they're all nice people, but they don't understand what a suburban lifestyle is. My opponent, who was a very nice person, uh, joined up, David Lobel joined up with New York City Assembly, past and present. They can't possibly understand what it means to be a Long Islander. They're city centric. And that's the mentality that a Long Islander fears. And I'll tell you, say rightfully so. Unfortunately for the people in Rockville Center, it was the Chabad that moved in. Now, in this case, it happens to be just a young rabbi who just moved in with his house. He wasn't opening up a shul. So the issue is, is a lot worse because what are you saying? A, a family can't move in because he's Jewish? They lived in fear that something else would have come. That was a terrible mistake. Right. Talking but about the, the menorah and, you know, menorah on the, the lawn. Chabad, as I said to the mayor and deputy mayor yesterday, you got lucky because they're the most welcoming of all the sects of Judaism, whether you're Jewish or non-Jewish, the outreach they do to all communities, you'll see how welcoming they are. And and I think they now understand that. Uh, you know, other groups of Jews and Catholics and Muslims sometimes come into a community and don't ingratiate themselves, don't try to reach out. It's important for us all to reach out because when you make people feel part of the process, as I've stated before, so much, so much happens. It, it, it becomes a community, not them versus us. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, Rockville Sands is made up of wonderful people. They really are. It, it just, there's a learning curve here and uh, legally and, you know, morally, there's just, I, I, I think, we're, I think we're almost there. What, what I'd like to not see happen is uh, all the opportunities. We have plenty of them in our own community who like to be in the paper and like to make a name for themselves. I've been in office almost 25 years. I stay out of pictures. I don't like to be in papers. I really, you know, I'm only doing this because of the major issues. Don't put my name on anything. But unfortunately, we have people who just love the fight. And that's on both sides. So I... uh, So do you think uh, this will be solved in in, uh, mutually... Acceptable it is, it's way. No, there was there was there was a mutual respect right now. It just has to be publicly expressed. I know everybody's trying to write something up in, in a fashion that gives respect to both sides, uh, and and that will happen. But it certainly was a, a very nice meeting and welcoming on both ends. Okay, that's uh, that'll be wonderful. Um, what are the first issues on your agenda that you plan to tackle? Oh, this, this like, cash what, I mean, you know, it, it's been a week. <laughs> um, what have you done? What do you plan to do? Well, you know, I've always I've worked throughout Long Island my whole life in the construction right. business. So I'm familiar with all of the areas. Uh, that's another reason why I think I won by such a margin. My friend Bruce Blakeman uh, played golf last week with, the, with President Trump. And he took, they took a picture together and he said he's very happy for me because I actually beat President Trump's numbers in the same district. <laughs> That's how big it was. But it was because I've worked in these neighborhoods. I know all the mayors. I, I physically worked in the neighborhoods, building homes and renovating stores. And uh, so the, the main thing that everybody coming out of every door is the crime issue. We have to get rid of this cashless bail. But even if it's not the cashless bail, it's, it's to re-empower the police and our judges, because 
Okay, we arrest them. If you're going to let them out two minutes later, you want to adjust this cashless bail thing? Adjust it. But give the judges the discretion to do what they have to do. But first and foremost, respect for our police. These guys put their lives on the line and they do it to protect us. But to do it and get get knocked in the head, to be insulted, to be demeaned uh, by our governors, best governors and and, and, uh, elected politicians on the other end of the aisle. I mean, shameful. Um, I come from a line of first responders on the other end of the fire department. My grandfather was a fire chief in Benzinhurst. My son was a fireman. Respect for people that are giving up their lives. Um, Our current governor and, and, and certainly Brian Benjamin was a major, major defund the police, anti-police socialist in the worst possible way. And she knew it and she purposely picked him, even though we all knew he was one of the most corrupt individuals. This, this is the kind of person that we vote for. I, I, you know, we're on a show uh, and there's a lot of Jewish people watching this yeah. program. And I say this all the time. I don't understand a Jewish mindset, how you can always be a Democrat before you are a Jew and an American. How is it possible? The Democrats absolutely despise the, the, uh, the Jewish people in every which way, shape, and form. They want to throw something out about a Ted Kennedy. Roosevelt turned my mother back and eventually interned her in Oswego, New York for 18 months. The Democrat Party hates the Jewish people. Schumer, Nadler, Schiff, not one of them went to Yerushalayim for the naming of the capital because they were Democrats before they are Americans and before they are Jews. Disgraceful. And any Jew that votes Democrat, it has, obviously has the same thought in their head. Politics before your country, before your, before your religion. Disgraceful. So we, we got to get rid of all of these guys who are in office right now. Thank God we have you. And we have a wonderful leader, Will Barkley, and, and the whole team, the whole yeah, Republican. I have to tell you, amazing. They are amazing. I, I met with all of them a couple of times. Incredible. A lot will get done this year. Yes, hopefully, God willing. And uh, I, I, I certainly um, I'm very confident. Um, for those who are not, for our viewers who are not familiar with uh, the five towns, can you depict a picture of what, what it's like living in the five towns? You know, you've, you've, we've talked a little bit about the changes over the years, but um, what is, what's it like living in the five towns now? Even though it has become more orthodox, it's still very diverse. We have people of all races and religion. Uh, it wasn't like that when I grew up in Franklin Square. You really have a, a melting pot of people of all uh, nationalities, uh, whether Hispanic or Jewish or Catholic or Protestant or Lutheran. We do have a nice mix, certainly in Cedarhurst. Cedarhurst, thank God, has that wonderful mix. Maybe some right. of the other villages don't. Um, listen, the easy thing, low-hanging fruit for me to say is we have the preeminent, preeminent shopping district on the South Shore. Everybody comes to us because the mayor, myself, and the board do the right job, as the previous mayor did. Um, we're it. You know, without Cedarhurst, you may as well just roll up the carpet in Lawrence and Woodmere and Hewlett. Uh, you know, people come to our park to pray and gather in good times and in bed, our concerts during the summer. It doesn't get better than Cedarhurst. So really, you know, I'm going to show off the best part of the five towns is Cedarhurst in every regard. Lawrence is nice and you have a wonderful board and all the other uh, mayors and everybody, they're, they're wonderful, but everything revolves around Cedarhurst and rightfully so. That's why 
people who right. flock to raise your kids. We have, uh, you know, different type of schools, uh, more to the left, more to the right, from Hafter to, uh, you know, Shiva South Shore, all wonderful rabbim and teachers and everybody. And, but it's so important that we keep our public schools open as well. I certainly wasn't happy uh, with each closure of every public right, school. Right. And school so district. what brought about the closures? Well, uh, different political things. I think that the current school board does a wonderful job managing the money, and they do sincerely care uh, about the children. It's, it's something was said in Rockville Center that they don't. I will tell you that there is a great concern and care for every single student by the school board. There really is. And they're being very fiscally responsible. I can't say differently, and there's no complaint about it. There's no but. I'll just say, however, I believe that every community deserves to have a public school. Because not everybody can afford yeshiva. It's not like when I was a kid, they took anybody. If you wanted to go to yeshiva, Rabbi Fendel and Hank, please come. Today, it's not necessarily like that. And kids are turned away. You, You need a public school. Well, especially if you're living in a diversified area, for sure. Exactly. Shivas are not for everyone, you know. Those are important. What's the housing situation like in Cedarhurst? Um, Really expensive. I, uh, you know, I bought many, many homes 30 years ago, 90,000, 100,000, 120,000. Obviously, it doesn't exist anymore. You can't get a shot. I don't think anywhere. Houses are a million and a half dollars, you know, starting you know, for the most part, and which need a lot of work. Homes are selling for nearly three million dollars for some new homes. Uh, is that good? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know. It's bad because it restricts people from moving in. I have seven children. Some of my kids are looking locally. It's terribly expensive. I, I don't know how the kids today do it. I really don't. I would imagine they have uh, help. <laughs> they would. Have, I would imagine they have help. Not from everybody. Their not everybody has help. You know. No, and, it's true. You know, well, so, you know, somehow they're um, they're making it work. The best families and the best kids come from the families that don't have the help that their parents work. I have to agree with you on that. Yes, yes. Where they they learn to work for the dollar, for sure. Yeah. Is there an issue of uh, homelessness in, in Cedarhurst? Just some. Is this something that uh, that is dealt with? Right. So even even if there's one person who's homeless, that's a major issue. That's, that's one too many, for sure. Right. Uh, we've we, we've always had one or two people who could use our help and assistance. Uh, currently, I don't know of any. We did have. Could there be someone hanging around? I haven't seen it. Uh, but we do try to help these individuals. We just don't try to send them away. We try to do whatever it takes. And Mayor Parisi, and as Mayor Weinstock is, is very sensitive and concerned about those issues and those people. So on, on a personal level, how did you get into politics? You mentioned Still that you were a first politics. responder. No, no, no. My son uh, was a fireman and my grandfather was okay. a fireman. So how did you get into politics? But I'm not in politics. Mayor Parisi asked me uh, to join a board in 1998, which I did. I became a trustee in 2001. Like I said, I always avoid every picture. I don't want to be quoted. I don't want to be in the newspaper. I'm here simply to serve. And to his credit, Mayor Parisi and Mayor Weinstock currently is very much like that. Uh, even though we're all Republicans, we don't allow politics into, into Village Hall. We run under something called the Citizens Party. Uh, if you're a Democrat, Republican, as long as you have respect and you're respectful to the village, we welcome you with open arms. I chair architecture review. Whenever business comes in, I thank them for wanting to do business in our village. 
no matter who you are, no matter what you are. So I don't believe in political games, gains or games. Not, 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 nothing ever good comes of that. We're here to serve. If anybody who's in office doesn't recognize that we're working for them, they shouldn't be serving. Unfortunately, 99% of, of politicians today seem to have forgotten that. And like I said, so I you're not a politician. Fire. You're a real public servant. You're, you're here to help. Besides my list, I don't have that sing-songy voice that like a politician has. I'm going to say it exactly like it is. With well, very, you do. yes. I don't use ever use any bad language, but I'm going to be firm when needs to be firm, and I'm not going to cower before whomever because of politics. You want to elect me? You don't want to elect me? I don't care. I'm going to do what's right and what's right for our community at large. That's it. And it, well, I will say also during the campaign, uh, my opponent, he has a very nice fellow we met, and really nice guy. Um, you know, uh, aligned himself with these certain assembly people. I went up to the assembly. I met a couple of the Democrat assembly people, uh, Orthodox, and vocally they said, I'm only concerned what I can do for my, uh, you know, J- Jewish brethren for the Jewish community. I turned around right away and I said, I'm, I, I'm only concerned what I can do for Long Island, not just my district. Why would I only care about one group? I made a promise to everybody as I walked through Atlantic Beach, Island Park, Point Lookout, Oceanside, made a promise that I won't do exactly what was done to us. I'm here 31 years. I've served 24, 25 years. We had wonderful, a wonderful uh, assembly person in this district, Harvey Wiesenberg, great guy. I like him a lot. Unfortunately, we never saw him ever in the five towns. Money, forget about it. Never saw a penny from any Democrat assembly person ever. I mean, if they came for a photo op, you know, maybe a few yeah. times. Doesn't, I don't care about photo ops. I want to see some action. So I said to everybody, my efforts are going to be spread evenly. It is not going to be Cedar centric or five town centric. It's going to be everybody in my district. I will be concerned with each and every one. And if there's a penny, it'll be divided up equally. It's not just right. going to be towards the Jewish community. I'm never going to do that. Absolutely admirable. And you're certainly an inspiration to all. Ari, thank you for joining us. It's been thank an honor God. and a pleasure. Much success to you. Um, we're very lucky to have you. Thank you to Vin News. And- thank you so much, Bailey. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Rap with your host, Bela Seabrow. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can catch The Definitive Rap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.